Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRN-FM, and I am delighted to welcome my co-host, Michael J. Russ. I would like to welcome you and embrace you with an etheric hug and, and a, a telephone <laughs> across right the mile. Yeah, and uh, I want to start today's show just with a, a small quote from a, a beautiful book on poetry called Watering the Soul by Courtney Pepper and Allen. And it says, there are some souls always meant for you. In every moment and memory, they will always find you in different ways. And uh, it goes on to say that you will be reminded that even when sometimes are dire, you're surrounded by those who care, making your day lighter. And uh, I'm paraphrasing it towards the end, but I, I just want to say, Michael, that you are one such soul, that I think that we were definitely meant to reconnect in this lifetime. And uh, a dear friend of ours, uh, Scott Robinson, who had been on the show many, uh, several times, and he had, um, he was also one of those people, got left this world this past Sunday, and he um, really brought to us, he had a a journey and felt that it was his calling to bring through life stream healing, which was a type of healing that he brought through in a, a channeling. It was an energy that worked on multiple levels. He had a very scientific basis. Uh, growing up, and so it was a lot of uh, struggle for him to kind of leave that and really embrace his insights and to allow that to come through. But it really was his soul's calling, and he wanted to teach. And and towards the end of his life, that's exactly what he did. He had uh, a beautiful big home. He and I met many, many years ago when we were in Ojai, California, and I, we were at a retreat together. And I happened to be, choose to sit at his table. And when I met him, it was as though I had met my long-lost brother. It was as though I'd known him a thousand years, and I, I probably have. And we worked with each other throughout the course of the week retreat and had an opportunity to spend time with each other uh, and another friend that we connected with. Uh, for a few days afterwards, and we've been friends ever since, even though we don't and hadn't seen each other in the physical too many times during our lifetime. Uh, we always connected via phone and could pick up just exactly where we left off. And uh, I'm so glad, Michael, that you and our audience had an opportunity to experience his work and a little bit about who he was. Uh, he was probably one of the most well-read individuals and was able to get through some of these texts that, (laughs) quite honestly, I would just fall asleep. There was just no way I could read them. And so I always applauded him for that. And he really understood the the seven rays and a lot of the self-knowledge that came through with that. And uh, I know, Michael, it's when you, you have that connection, I know you had an opportunity to connect with Scott. Uh, yeah. That it just it feels it just feels right, and, and I'd love for you to share what you your thoughts are on that soul connection and how each one of us um, really their souls that are meant for each other on the on this in in this lifetime. Well, thank you. Uh, Scott's loss is uh, it provokes thought, um, and. Uh, 
gratitude uh, for me because I had uh, I think I had three uh, sessions with him uh, in the past year and a half to two uh, since he had been on our show for the first time and my you know it's it's I, I've been thinking about something very interesting because I'm going through transition you know, sort of myself sort of a transformation. Uh, here in this last three months, and actually all this year, and one of the things that that struck me about uh, something that um, the uh, the collective from uh, my own God, I think, said, it, we we are non physical, we're non physical vibrational beings that are living a physical life experience. When and if you embrace that concept brings a lot of things that happen in this world into perspective. Mm-hmm. I embrace that. I know you do. Don't know if our, our, our audience does. However, it is, there are a lot of institutions that here on, in, you know, in this earthly plane that depend on, a, on us not actually accepting that fact. Um, and death is, when we're talking for the show, is that death was, we know death is the the biggest fear people have because it, there's a finality to it uh, for everybody else that's here, that's left behind. And I'm a, a simple, uh, I embrace, embrace the concept of this living a physical life as a non-physical vibrational being, an experiential life, because we're here to experience this world. And mm-hmm. in my view, Scott did just that. And he, you know, the other thing was that, that, I embrace as well, and I know you too, is that our soul sets up intentions, and those intentions before we uh, take on our physical presence when we're born, we, we have a vision for what our life, um, the things we want to accomplish, the intentions we'd like to uh, realize in this life. And in my view, Scott actually did just that. Somehow, uh, you were talking, we were talking before the show about the fact that he had a, a, an alarm business, and... Mm-hmm. But had this gift that of of tapping into of seeing people's auras and 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 the like and and one of the things that that he did was he paid attention to it and he right. left the okay say the um, business world so to speak and pursued his metaphysical passion mm-hmm. which I thought was. Uh, number one, he was a very soft-spoken, very gifted man, and, and as you had mentioned, he was very well read. As uh, very well read, which I would totally, 100% agree with. Um, somebody who who had a, a passion for helping others and embraced his passion in a way that led him to Sedona, Arizona, one of the most energetic, vibrationally energetic places on the planet. Um, I've been there, and it's an, it, it's it's an amazing place. And for him being able to choosing to pursue uh, a gift that he had for helping people, and pursue, you know, bottom line, I think he lived an incredible life. He lived into his seventies. Mm-hmm. So the fact is that for all of us, the only thing we can take from any any passing, uh, anyone's passing, is that. They are all they're doing is setting, shedding their physicality. They're just shedding their physicality. They're, there's nothing about them that's dead. Nothing. They just literally right. revert back to the non-physical vibrational being that they were before they became a physical experiential being. And that, to me, is 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 the most valuable lesson that we can learn. That and the fact that 
Number two, second most valuable is that we need to appreciate the connections that we have while we're here, always. Um, my, right. you know, my brother, my brother has a. I think it was, it was decades ago when I had lost someone, and uh, my brother said, he said, life is a is a play for which there is no rehearsal. And we've heard life referred to as a game before by other guests. But right. it's a play. It's a play you don't have a rehearsal for. It's just things happen. And that's why the word experiential is so valuable to us. We have to constantly remember that this is an experiential uh, life that we're leading and that we have to treat it that way. And then you're stuck in some job that you really don't like you're, if, if this is you, if you're doing something that doesn't resonate with you, uh, that experience alone should help you understand that maybe that's not right for you. If you're feeling that right. way, you can feel better. You can feel more joy, more happiness, more love, more friendly, as my guide likes to say, peace and love and joy and friendly, more than you do now. And a lot of the thing that keeps us from moving forward is fear. Mm-hmm. It, keeps us, it keeps us stuck in bad relationships, relationships that don't resonate with us, that are no longer viable for us. Uh, friendships, uh, inter- marriages, uh, interpersonal relationships, whatever it may be, work relationships, uh, business associations. It, it, it prevents us from moving forward. Fear is huge. And that's not something that, in my view, in speaking to Scott, that Scott felt that's not a, that's not something that he felt at all. It wasn't a, a part of his DNA, and I loved that about him. I loved that mm-hmm. about him, and, and and he was so soft spoken for absolutely, you know, for for the guy that that uh, uh, it was. He was a pleasure to talk to on the phone. Um, I probably in personal sessions got three hours with him, uh, an hour each, and and I came away from them just in awe of someone who had really found and was pursuing the passion of his life. One of his, one mm-hmm. of his intentions, probably this is more the most important intention that he would, that he had uh, realized. So bottom line, um, he's back in his non-physical vibrational body, um, probably already looking at his life and, and uh, saying, Hey, what kind of experience can I put together next time? You know, what, what, mm-hmm. what can I do? I, I, I engaged with, with Lisa LaRose. I engaged with Michael. I engaged with a lot of other people and, uh, and came away from it a better, a better individual, a better soul. So a right. um, lot, lot of love right. for him, a lot of love for him right. uh, and, yeah. uh, you know, for our, for our people. But it is a play. Life is a play that we don't have, we don't have any idea what's going to happen. We have no control over what goes on outside of us. And I tell people all the time, if that's the case, make sure that you're, you're focusing more on what you can control, your own vibrations, your own sense of self, your own self-worth, your own, work on you, you know, how much love that you're experiencing in your life instead of saying, I want more love, I can't get more love, I can't find anybody to love me, I can't this and can't that. Listen to the language. I had to tell the gentleman this just last evening. Listen to your language because you're, you're actually telling yourself, what you're telling yourself is creating the problem in your life. And we do this a lot. And uh, not to get off on a tangent, however, 
it's it's important that we do work on ourselves. That's what we're here for. Whatever mm-hmm. our soul's intentions are, they are aligned with how we feel about what we do. And this is the interesting thing. We all have these gifts. We all have our talents. Like Scott had his, and he went to pursue. And we have a choice in our life. We have free will. We might have had intentions. We have these intentions. Each of us do. But we have a choice as to whether or not we pursue them or not, or whether we go off on a different, different tangent. And when things don't work out, instead of beating ourselves up, we have to come back to home base and say, okay, that mm-hmm. didn't work out so well. I don't feel too good about that. How can I feel better? What, do I, what is it about me that I – what makes me feel good? What brings me joy? And that's what I did with this gentleman last night on the phone. I said, I said what are you doing up in, in, your, in your day? What do you do that brings you joy, that makes you feel good? He says, I swim in the Gulf every morning. I said, fantastic. Instead of focusing on this other stuff, other people, what they say, what they do, how they're thinking, how they're reacting and behaving, whatever, focus on what brings you joy. Do more of that. Jeez, if it was just that simple, right? You like going to the store. It brings you joy to go to the store. Go to the store more often. (laughs) Instead of ordering in, having it delivered, go to the store. You you engage with people when you're at the store. It makes you feel good. Then Mm -hmm. go do more of that. You know, you like driving. Get in the car and drive. It makes you feel good. It brings you joy. It brings you peace. It brings you balance. It brings you a sense of silence that inspires you. And so it's interesting because our guides talk to us in those quiet moments. When we feel joy, when we're engaged, when we're in balance, that's when we get talked to. So when things aren't feeling right in our lives, we have to come back to home base, which is feeling good about, which is doing something that, that brings us a sense of peace, a sense of joy and, and, and happiness and makes us feel awesome. And um, mm-hmm. I found out that Carol Collins is, is, is a, a drive that does that for her. And I, and I now understand why I really like taking a two and I, – I drive two and a half hours to get my hair um, cut once a month from somebody who I really <laughs> highly respect. And so it's a five-hour round trip, right, plus the 45 minutes that I'm there. And everybody says, what are you doing? And I said, I enjoy the drive. Right. I love the drive. I look forward to the drive. Two and a half hours in the car by myself. Imagine the things you can think, the inspirations that come to you. Imagine what you could learn. And I always learn because I'm always, I always have you know, either a Kara Collins video or I have music or I have something that makes me feel really good. So it's a joyous two and a half hours. And I get there and Absolutely. I have a joyous, yeah, two and a half hours back. Instead of programming it as, as, a, as a chore, a problem, I frame it as, a, as an opportunity an experience, opportunity to experience some time with me away from my desk, away from my computer, away from my significant other, away from my cat, away from everybody. It's just, it's wonderful to have that it's, particular time. It's almost like a time of self-discovery for you, Michael. Always. And, and I think that that's what, uh, when we sort of reflect on what truly makes us happy. Uh, and you need that time to really understand yourself on a deeper level. And I, I think that you made a really good point because it takes a lot of courage to be the person that you truly are. And for 
for like Scott, you know, he grew up in a scientific community. He was in the Korean War. He came back. You know, his sort of a life theme for him was protection. He was always protecting, watching over people. That was the name of his company involved protection. Right. And and for him, you know, but he always had uh, these other aspects of his beingness. And he was a really powerful, gifted healer. I, I watched him heal this woman with with breast cancer and I happened to be able to be there when everything unfolded and the, the getting the news that her scans were clean. Um, you know, those are all gifts and that was all part of what his truth and his authentic self was. But he had this other life that sort of took him away from that. And he ignored it for a long time and then sometimes things maybe wouldn't turn out right and it was just sort of like the universe nudging him like, okay, you can still do this stuff and you can have a successful, a beautiful home and, and all of these things, but this is what we really want you to do because this is who you are. This is your true self. And and you brought up a really good point that, that when you are in that space of self-awareness, you do feel balanced. Uh, yep. Sometimes we can't quite put our finger on what is, you know, something just doesn't feel quite right. And, and some people even have described it as not even being comfortable in their own skin. Right. And if they would take that, maybe, maybe it's not a two and a half hour drive once a month, but if they would take just 10 minutes, 20 minutes of meditation a day, perhaps that's where they would find the answers. And and I think another aspect of it is that, you know, it's not that there's something missing from you. You know, you don't need to validate that you're incomplete or anything else. It's just another aspect of you that you can allow to be brought forth and to shine. And that when you do, it does bring joy. And I, I think about, you know, I, even Scott over the years, you know, he would have these, health crisis and I'm like well you know the the universe he's like his you know his knees really bothered him he can't get into the spaces he used to with his alarm business and it was like well you know you're not supposed to be doing this anymore but there were comforts you know there, the money was good there was lots of different there's security in that and it's sort of it's sort of like an illusion because once he finally did let go, he thought, "Wow, why didn't I do this sooner?" This is I, I'm, he just was having a blast. He was loving it, and um, yeah, it just is. It's it's very much. Um, I think, uh, and and I think part of us too because we do get ingrained in these lifestyles, and we have other people around us significant others or whatever, um, that we sort of feel guilty uh, owning the truth of who we are. And sometimes we appease everybody like, oh, you know, I don't want them to think that I'm too out there. Uh, And especially if the person's not on the same path, it it can be difficult. Uh, But you find different ways to navigate to kind of have your feet, I think, in both worlds. And as as you do that, things start to get a little bit easier. And I think you get validation that, hey, you know what, this really is. This is really what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, that's so true. We talk about, you know, what what makes us happy, what brings us joy, loving, you know, loving of your, being loving of yourself and, and others. I've come to understand how 
incredibly important it is to lay a foundation of actually loving your life first mm. and foremost it's it's interesting and i i i would love to pose this question to our audience do you love your life do you love your life and not yourself but your life um and this this came about because of, uh, of some some conversations that i've been having um and laying a foundation of actually loving your life does allow or enable many, many more awesome things to happen for you. And mm-hmm. it's it's a question that, in my view, if someone is, uh, is convoluted in their answer to that question, it simply speaks to the fact that, uh, mainly, there's way too much focus on the nuance of day-to-day stuff that goes on that they can't control. Reaction to... Uh, politics and disagreements and grievance and other things because of something, the drama that's in discord that may exist in their own family or relationships or in the world itself. Uh, We live in a world where um, the distraction can be huge. It's just, it's there 24-7 if you're awake 24-7. And when you're not awake, uh, people can't sleep because of all of the, things that they're thinking about that they have no control over right mm-hmm. it's just I, when i see these commercials about this new this new uh drug that they have sleep aid drug um it, it's being sold on the fact that it by with the foundation of uh well she benefits of you've got all these things you're thinking of you know these these things that are that are that are rolling around in your head, things you should be actually writing down on a notepad before you go to sleep, but they're in your head and they're keeping you up all night. So you need to take this drug so that it can put you out oh my and not think about all that. <laughs> oh my God. I'm not going to say the name of the drug, but this is this is it. And they bring sports stars and movie stars who are saying, uh, who 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 espouse that you know I've got all these things, I've got contracts to think about, I've got people who want me to be places, I've got all this stuff, stuff that. Really, they can actually control without sleep aids, but, you know, they're being paid to, you know, support a sleep aid for something that is, is completely and totally controllable in their life. And it's, it's, it, never, it never ceases to amaze me that they're, I mean, they're, they're going to come up with a drug and they're going to come up with a way to sell it. However, we've talked about it before. If you've got things rolling around in your head that are going to keep you up in the middle of the night, and every once in a while, I do. I've got something, you know, that's that's happening or occurring, and I want to get a decent night's sleep. So I'll sit down and I'll write some notes about it before I go to bed. Or if I forget to do that um, because I go to bed a little late and I'm, it's one o'clock in the morning, I'll actually get up and write down some notes and get it out of my head through my hand down on paper, and then I'll go back to sleep because now I've I've got any thoughts about it on paper. You know, not in my head going, well, what about this, what about that? Things you'll probably forget in the morning. And that's the fear. Oh, forget about that, so I can't sleep. You know, I, I, here's how I can come up with this, or here's the possibility of dealing with that. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting how there will be a, a drug created for every little problem that doesn't necessarily need to be solved with a drug, right? So we have a, our, our life. I know I love my life. I know you love your life. We, we create our reality, what we focus on uh, helps, is, is really um, 
really determines our state of being. It determines who we are, what we're experiencing in life, is what we're focusing on. And I told somebody the other day, I said, do you really understand what you're focusing on all day? If you're, it, let's just take Scott Robinson, for instance. Um, you know, I, I've, I've just learned in, in, you know, in the last hour that he's passed on, which is a surprise. Um, is it a shock? Not, well, not really from the perspective because everybody dies. I understand everybody has a, has a life here, and, and I'm not in control of, of when someone uh, or how someone leaves this earthly plane. It goes back to the non-physical body. However, uh, as I said, the way that I deal with these situations, instead of sitting around and, and pondering how or why, you know, and, and, and all this and the loss of, is through appreciation, gratitude, and sitting down for a few moments and, and sending Scott's uh, spirit some, some wonderful energy, his soul some energy, letting him know that how much I appreciate having the, had the opportunity to have known him and to have interacted mm-hmm. with him. Because that's, that's positive. That's what I can control. I can't control Absolutely. anything about, you know, how it happened or whether it happened or why it happened or when it happened, when it did. I mean, these are things that, that uh, they make for good television. They, they make for, you know, uh, a work for people whose job it is to figure all that out. It's just not mine. And it's not most people's job to figure out the how and the why. So the positive aspect of this is I'm very grateful uh, to to Scott and to have had the opportunity to have the conversations with him that I had uh, uh, and having him on the show and uh, as well uh, was, it, it's just amazing to, to have been able to have an archive of someone like that even because they're all in, they're all archived in our podcast. Isn't that amazing? You can go back yeah, and Yeah, no, it's so it's fantastic. Wisdom. I know. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait to, to actually do that. And Michael, when you, you were talking, it, I, I just started, I'm not very far into it, but Rick Rubin's book, The Creative Act, and you brought up a good point that we have these thoughts that come through us, and it's not a bad thing that each one of us, in, and this is what his, Rick Rubin's point is, that we are all creating. It doesn't matter whether we're creating a podcast, we're creating uh, paint on a wall painting a room or maybe you're creating a, a, a dream car for yourself so you put special hubcaps on it and you know you you're creating and creating and creating and why squelch that and he said that you know when and when an idea is meant to come through if you if you put it out of your thought process it'll come through somebody else and it's not that they stole your idea it's just like okay you're not willing to be the vessel that this is going to come through. It's going to come through somebody, so then we're going to go to the next person. And I think that that all has to do with speaking your truth. And and what you're doing even in your journey where you're transitioning and you're, you're reconnecting, like, I didn't know what I came here to do. You knew that you had a greater calling. And to find that, and then you don't know even what it's going to look like in a year from now, you just know, okay, this is, I'm just going to follow. I'm going to allow what's meant to come through. Yeah. Uh, you're going to allow things, things are, I think really one of the things that Rick Rubin talked about is that his mental chatter eventually became like a very smooth hum 
and his thoughts flowed clearly. And as a record producer, for people who don't know, he produced oh, yeah. people like Jay-Z. But as, as a record producer, he didn't do things the way everybody else did. No. He's like, okay, no, this feels right. This, this right. is right. This is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that there's a lot of power in that, in owning your truth. And he got valid. He didn't need the validation, but the validation came in the success of the people whose records he produced and more people wanting to, to seek him out. And even with you, as you're, you're refining your skills, you're learning new things, you're getting validation. Is it, is it 100% every time? No, I don't think we're proven with 100% every time. But you're refining and you're growing and you're expanding the field. And I think that's really what this life journey, as your, your brother put it, this movie, this script that's unfolding for us, you know, every, every movie you ever go to has got plot twists. And sometimes they create alternate endings. Have you rented a DVD and you've seen it in the show, but then you can select ending number two. And it has a totally different ending. Yeah. And wow, Based isn't, on that, thoughts. isn't that? Thoughts and choices. Mm-hmm. So thought came to me. Actually, what came to me when you said the first thing about, uh, uh, about creation, about listening, uh, listening to his book, is that every thought is an act of creation. Literally every mm-hmm. thought is an act of creation because it sets in motion the circumstances, the energy that creates that circumstance. And if we look at it that way, uh, it should encourage us to be more curative of our thoughts and to begin Mm -hmm. to control our thoughts, to design our life the way we want it. And this this is the thing that trips people up is that when they have a thought about something they yeah it begins to it it puts energy out there however that energy if that thought is a negative thought you can replace it with a positive thought with even greater energy that squashes out the negative thought does that make sense to you Mm -hmm. okay so i hope it does to our listeners because that's the thing. So when you, I've been talking about this for years in one way, and I've, and, and I've, I've you know, when, when I heard it from Carol Collins, Carol Collins and the Collective, I said, you know, I mean, I've been saying that, but they said it in a little different way. Um, and I always say, squash a negative with a positive as soon as possible. Turn that thought around into something more positive as quickly as possible so that that thought doesn't have a chance to, to uh, plant and germinate. It doesn't have an opportunity to, to resonate more deeply. And it's the amount of energy and emotion that you put into that negative thought that determines how sustained it is. Mm-hmm. And what you want to do is you, want it to, you don't want a negative thought to be sustained. You don't want it to Absolutely. expand. You want it to contract and go away. And positive thoughts, and, but, but this, is, this is the thing about being, about being human. We have to learn this, is that we, negativity expands faster than positivity that's that's our challenge because negative vibrations they just permeate everything it's almost mm-hmm. like this uh subwoofer sound wave the subwoofer can can a subwoofer in a speaker system has this ability to to travel along the floor and up into your body and the higher frequencies don't do that so we have to we have to be able to 
not only recognize when we're thinking something negatively about ourselves and our life, right, and reinforcing those negative thoughts with other negative thoughts and feelings and emotions, negative feelings and emotions that can simply compound the negative thought and make it now something that is more supplanted on our grid than it really needed to be in the first place. We're really mm-hmm. sticks to our subconscious, so now we have to get, we have to, you know, go through a process of getting rid of it. And I'm more cognizant of this uh, than ever right now, based on some of the exercises that I'm doing. I'm, I want to keep my grid as clean as possible, so I'm curating the thoughts that I have in my head. If, if I have anything that even looks like a judgment, I, you know, whoop, back up, squash it out, say, you know, this isn't, you know, I don't need to be doing that. This isn't important. Let's, and then bring a positive thought in about myself or my life or what, what I'm doing as quickly as possible. And it, it is a challenge, and I'm, I'm faced with this because of this gentleman I keep talking about that I, that I, that I have a conversation with. He calls me, and, and everything, we, I think it's a great challenge for me, is, is really what it is, and the reason why he's in my life. <laughs> sure. uh, it's uh-huh. a challenge because I listen, I listen, I listen, I listen, and all I hear is a, a, a continual compounding of the negative thought. That's what I hear. And that's what, the, and I told him this last night, and he hung up on me. I said, I said, oh my. You know what I said, you know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing you, I'm hearing you having a negative thought about yourself and your life, and then you expand upon it with other thoughts to the point where it becomes the sole noise and energy in the room. It's the sole, it's, it's all you hear. It's all that res- gets resonated is the negativity. It drowns out anything positive, drowns out anything joyous. You know, he, he, he told me a week and a half ago, after, after 20 minutes on the phone, he says, oh, and I'm, I'm, I'm dating somebody. And all I could say was, after all this other stuff he was saying, negative or otherwise, he was espousing, I said, you should have led with that. When you called me, you should have led with that. You realize that, right? Right. That's the because important that's thing. Not this other stuff. Exciting and fun. Right. And, exactly. And Lead joyful, with that. right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's not that's not that's not what we do as humans. We're not taught to lead with the good news and to hang with the good news. We we, we take the bad news, we embrace it, we we glorify it, we we cover it in glitter, uh, we put a million spotlights on it so that everyone in our life can see it. <laughs> Even they can see it right. in outer space because it's so bright. And it really has no real meaning for us. It, right. it doesn't, other than any lesson we can take from it. We amplify it to the point where it's the only thing we see. It's the only thing we feel. And it's the only thing we allow others to see and feel. That's just crazy. It really is, it really is nuts. And <laughs> I... I Basically, how we feel, and I've said this for years, how we feel should guide us to what is meant for us. Mm-hmm. It's your litmus test. How you feel yep. is always your litmus test. You go somewhere. You get, a, you get a bad feeling about where you are. Do you hang around or do you leave? <laughs> you know, I don't care who you're with or whatever. Say, I get a bad feeling about this place. I don't, I don't want to be here. And right. you leave. That's and you pay attention to that, absolutely, 100%. I, I couldn't agree more, Michael, because I, I always have said what's right always feels good, and, and you cannot, 
you, and because how many times when you have ignored that has something unfortunate or uh, <laughs> just unfolded, I guess, is what Something it unfolded is. that you didn't really want, that, that, right. that didn't resonate with you. Right. And it's like you just ignored your own inner guidance, how you felt. It could have been I your guide somehow supplanting mm-hmm. the better thought in your head because our guides are always uh, nudging us to think the better thought. Yeah, a friend of mine, I just want to share this because she was, she was driving in her car and she kept hearing in her head, life in the fast lane, you know, the song, life in the mm-hmm. fast oh, lane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it kept playing over and over and over and over and she's like, oh, you know, she went on with her day. She did was doing some errands and she, guess what? She was driving in the fast lane and she got in one of the worst accidents she had ever gotten into. Now, had she paid attention to that, maybe not gotten onto the highway, maybe gotten onto uh, a different route, uh, that would have, all could have been avoided. And I think sometimes when our guides bring through information that strongly, uh, it really does, it, and it's getting to know and to trust it. And so for me, like with that quote before the show, and before you and I had even talked, I looked at the books that are in my office and I picked it up and I opened it up. I just thought, okay, what do I need to read? And when I read, there are some souls always meant for you. And I thought, wow, that's it. That's it. This Scott was like a, a brother to me. And in every moment and memory, they will always find you in different ways. And I think the thoughts that are in the grid and the information we need to know will always find us. We, don't, we just have to empty ourselves. You don't think about it. Like I didn't think like, okay, which book is going to have exactly the right quote? I'm like, no, that's oh, what yeah, got it. my attention. Yeah. And yeah. I opened it up just randomly, mm-hmm. and there was something that was applicable. And it actually healed my heart in my loss of the physical of, of my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that reminder Exactly. You know, it's interesting. The conundrum in life is, is, is when we have these uh, synchronicities, so to speak, life in the fast lane, and we're in the fast lane, and we're, you know, we get off and whatever. We are, it, takes, it takes a deep sense of awareness to, uh, to put the pieces together, the puzzle together on that. It's just, it's just I mean, who really thinks that they're going to be in an accident? You know, by because they 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 heard the song, and maybe they heard it twice, maybe they heard it three times, and we're just not. You have to be. You have to have a deep sense of, of self awareness in order to, and a deep connection to your guide who's attempting to feed you these clues, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in awareness of your guide to begin with, which I would say a vast majority of people on this entire planet. Uh, have no understanding of whatsoever. There's no connection there. Um, I, I make no bones about the fact now uh, when I when when somebody asks, I don't go out there and just say, "Hey, this is it," but because it's personal to me. However, my work in the past four months has been about developing a deeper connection with my own guide. We all have a guide. Mm-hmm. Let me just say this to everybody in our audience: everybody's born with a with a guide. <laughs> Uh, a non-physical vibrational being who our soul is friends with, who we, who is there to help us think the better thought, um, to take the better action, 
uh, and you know the joyful action versus the one that leads up as a train wreck, that kind of thing. And to mm-hmm. they, they, we have free will, so we don't have to pay attention to whatever it is. It's just just like the the, the young lady um, and in the in the car accident, we have free will to do whatever it is we we, we want. Our they are with us our throughout our lives to make sure that to really help us achieve the intentions our soul set out to on our on our own soul vision board it's not like we're just thrust into this life with you know with nothing we have amnesia we don't know anything about our soul or what it is that we're here to do and we have to figure it out we have to piece it together we have these experiences however the pieces of the the puzzle are there mother father brother sister perhaps best friend grandmother grandfather whoever whomever We've got these people, people who become our best friends as we go through life, um, acquaintances we have, and complete strangers who we hear something profound from. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, we have these pieces of the puzzle that can help us to, to align ourselves with whatever intentions that we've set out for ourselves. It could be one, it could be hundreds. I don't know. It, for everybody, it's different. And I went through, I went through 65 years 64 and three quarters, almost 65, because I just turned 65 uh, a month ago, but a month and a half ago. But it, it, I spent a lot of time wondering what it was that I was, you know, what, why am I here? You know, and in and, and asking myself that question, I just kept attempting to make the better choice, the better choice, think the better thought, all the way along the line, until the, the synchronicities or the serendipity caught up with me and it's interesting because I'm where I am now because I met Glenn Brooks. Mm-hmm. That, that really is the key. You think, you, you think back to the number of, of, of stepping stones it took to get to where you are now. It's right. not like, you know, you, you, you woke up one day and go, oh, I'm supposed to do that. No, it's this really interesting puzzle of stepping stones that you, that you take and for every stepping stone that's there, there's three, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Just say yep. you, you can take one, two, or three. I didn't have to acquiesce to doing a radio thing with, with Glenn when I was in the sunscreen business. I, had, you know, it was, I didn't need to do that at all. I, I did it for reasons at the time that, okay, I'll, I'll do this thing, right? Right. And, and you know what's so interesting? Let me just interject real fast because, uh, two things. One is I met you because of Glenn Brooks as well. Right. And I was, uh, I had a friend, there was an event going on in Hawaii. It was like a week event. And I said, I really think you need to be there. And, and I, I, they had a breakfast in the morning on the first day and a woman was getting up and I was looking for a place to sit down. And instead of her getting up, she said, I feel like I need to talk to you. And she and I became really great friends. Glenn Brooks reached out to her mm-hmm. because of his wife's experience with uh, Lyme disease. Lyme disease, right. And he wanted to know about uh, essential oils. And she said, if, instead of talking to me, you need to talk to Lisa. And next thing you know, <laughs> I was traveling out to Massachusetts to meet with him. And I suspect, because he always had a deep fear of melanoma, and cancer, that would be possibly why he reached out to you. But isn't it interesting? It was because of his deep-seated fears 
that these wonderful things unfolded. And he and he really had an amazing uh, library of information and uh, people that he connected with that I believe he was guided and in even putting people together. Um, it, well, that was just, his gift. So I'm really grateful you brought that up, Michael, because yeah. it, it, it's yeah. all about that connection. Well, it's it's where I was going with it too. Just just to clear, just to finish up, I don't want to leave us hanging. But if I hadn't met and decided to work with Glenn Brooks, I would have never have met you because you were one of the guests or one of the co-hosts on a show that we put together. Uh, at least a couple, I think. And mm-hmm. if I hadn't, if that hadn't occurred, I wouldn't have met Kara Collins. And then, right. as a result of that, figured out one of the intentions I have for being here and how it corresponded timing-wise serendipitously with where I am in my life right now. So mm-hmm. none of this, none of it a coincidence, none of it an accident, a very carefully and delicately orchestrated um, set of stepping stones of which I had the ability all along to choose a different stepping stone mm-hmm. and didn't and felt that I needed to be to, to make that particular step. And it led me to where I am now. And this is the way the interesting, delicate orchestration of, of, of our life and how we, we, we make choices and we have to recognize when those choices have no longer have rev- relevance or whether or not they lead us to something else. And I was talking to somebody yesterday about my first marriage and how I came upon this very, very, very strong feeling after 15 years of my first marriage that I, I wasn't supposed to be there, that my time there was over, that I didn't see myself there in 20 years. Now, that's a, people would say, oh, that's a terrible thing to say to your wife, you know, you, of 15 years, you know, stick it out already, come on, you know. And I'm like, you know what, it's just I wouldn't be where I am today if I'd stayed there. I'd right. be in a different place. 100%. And because I made other decisions along the way too. Others, you know, I had some cleanup to do in my life, as as Carol Collins first put it when we had a, in a first conversation I had with her when she was on the radio show that I, I, you know, part of my life was about clean, part of my intentions were to clean some things up with some people, some relationship situations, and and for me, that's what I did in my first two marriages and other relationships along the way. I cleaned some things up. That's over with. Now I'm focusing on my own spirituality. Been doing that for 30, mm-hmm. well, 20 years now. And it's, what's interesting about it is how uh, you can sit down and you can, you can overthink it. Or you can say, I'm extremely grateful that I made the choices that I made. I'm very happy with my life. I love my life. I love where I am. And it's, it's one of these it's one of these situations where you look at you look at where you are and you go, dang, I'm I'm in a really great place, and mm-hmm. I've still got many more decisions to make. It's not over yet. Uh, I've got things to do, and every day it's it's a, a focus for me, a micro focus on, as I said earlier, just making making sure that my thoughts support what I want instead of what I don't. What I want mm-hmm. is to love my life, to love myself, to love where I am, what I'm doing. And so you have to make sure that those choices support that, that the thoughts you have support that. And that's Absolutely. what makes life fun for me. Literally. Absolutely. Is. 
And and I really am grateful that you brought that up because that's one of the gifts that I feel that I have gotten from Carol Collins and the collective is is really about loving on things and loving on your life. And they I participated in a class last night and one of the things they were talking about was not to um, really give up on yourself. And I thought you oh, know yeah. so when you know when a door is locked. Um, there might be, you know, you go to one door, it's locked for the next one, but there might be one that's open. And it's just taking that, and then you open that door, and then you infuse your life with happy in that moment and love your life. And I just, I thought, okay, you know, no matter what is, is clogged pipes or whatever it is, uh, you know, I'm just going to keep, what door is going to open, what door is going to open? and then embracing whatever it is. It was going to be unexpected because, quite honestly, this for you was not expected. Mm. You, weren't, you weren't looking to become a channel. <laughs> yeah. It's probably one of the last things you ever even imagined would be. Yeah, that's true. I, I didn't imagine that it was, even, you know, it was even possible. It wasn't even on the radar. It's interesting because it's a testament to the fact that Throughout our uh, our lives, we are exposed to things, and then we make decisions as a result of being exposed to those things. And mm-hmm. I can simply say that probably the the ending of my first marriage uh, by myself was one of the catalysts for me doing a lot of reading, uh, getting more into spirituality and myself and understanding myself better, understanding my connection to the universe, that kind of thing. So obviously, I read the whole list of books that most people have read. Um, you know, the Four Agreements and, you know, Dorian Virtue stuff and you know, books and, mm-hmm. and uh, about angels and other things and, and a lot of Deepak Chopra stuff. Um, some great books and they help give you a sort of an understanding. And here's the thing. <laughs> it, it's, it's really, really unique, but there's one thing, one simple thing that helps you put things together more than any other in terms of your own connection with your guide or whatever else. All you have to be have is a curiosity for mm-hmm. spirituality, for your reason for being here, for life in general. It's, it's the curiosity, and that curiosity drives you. It opens the door. It opens the door. So let's put it this way. You, you, yesterday you didn't, didn't have any understanding of or didn't have a care in the world or didn't, didn't really care about guides or angels or whatever it is. Okay, spirit, non-physical vibrational beings that are helping you along the way. They're here to assist you. Well, no, no, it wasn't even on the radar. Today it is. If today you, you make a step to pick up a book to listen to something from Carol Collins or, or Abraham, uh, Esther Hicks, or um, anything else like that, you, you all of a sudden take an interest in that. That curiosity is opening a door to understanding, to, to creating an understanding, having an understanding, I should say, with your, your guide. It's like, wait a minute, they're on the radar now. They understand that we're out here. Let's give them some help. Let's, let's wow, you know, your, your guide stands up and goes, applauds and goes, okay, time for me to get to work. I've been waiting 50 years for this, Right. So like, like with Carol Collins, her guide was waiting decades <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to, to have an in because she was off into 
whatever's going on, and, and, and she was into IT and all this other brainiac stuff, right? And didn't really have a, an interest or an understanding that she had this gift that was hibernating and until she got curious, until something happened and she got curious, and then she started looking at it. And that's just the way it, that's the way it happens. And for me, it's happened so much more rapidly here of late because I've spent all these decades – reading and being curious and, and being uh, in, engaging my own reason, ability to reason. I read books. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the one that probably had the biggest impact on me 20 years ago uh, is um, Journey, Journey of Souls. That had the, the biggest impact on me because it's the closest thing, belief system-wise, to what I'm doing now, to what I'm engaged in. Mm-hmm. Because there are so many parallels, so many similarities, and that book opened the door for my own to to give me the belief system that allowed me to be where I am today, and that's basically it. And uh, um, and and I got there circuitously. However, I come to understand, I came to understand at the time that the gentleman who wrote that book lived forty five minutes from my house. Oh, isn't that incredible? Isn't that amazing? He lived, yeah. he lived and practiced 45 minutes from my house and a place that I knew well that I had clients. I did dealt with people up in that area. It was really interesting. I'd been there. Mm-hmm. I'd been to, that, to that, that city's Christmas fair, Christmas week, twice. <laughs> you know, wow. I mean, it's in a beautiful place. And it's just, it's just so unique. I, I, I love it. I love it to death. I love the stepping stone concept uh, that, that I've, you know, that I, in understanding that, there's a lot of serendipity in my life. We have to look at those serendipitous moments and say, instead of asking why did that happen in a negative way, we have to say, I wonder, using the word wonder, which is really, really important, wonder is an amazing word to use. I wonder, I wonder why it is that that person came into my life. I wonder why I am where I am right now. What's next for me? And the word wonder is like a key that unlocks a door. It, 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 helps you, it helps you frame it in a way that that serendipity um, can happen, that you mm-hmm. can find the next thing for you. It's wonder. Living with wonder is an amazing thing. I like living with wonder, and I do it I every do day. It's fun. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun to live with wonder and not get caught up in all, hold the, the drama of the day-to-day activity. The drama of the moment, um, the things that other people consider important, that to you are not. Right. And when we embrace the fact that other people's, everybody has problems. Those problems exist as opportunities for us to examine whether or not we are thinking the positive or the negative thought, whether we're moving in the right direction, whether those things are relevant for us, you know, where our focus is. Anybody who ha- who's having problems in their life, you've got to ask, they've got to ask themselves, where am I focused? Where is my focus? The other thing that uh, we talked about last week, thoughtful, thoughtful expectations. It's interesting mm-hmm. because I believe Scott lived with thoughtful expectations. I Circling back around with Scott because he's such a great human being. Thoughtful expectations. You have them. I have them. 
Thoughtful expectations, positive expectations. Our focus is on something positive expectantly, something for us that what, it's like waking up in the morning and say, what amazing thing is going to happen for me today? That's having thoughtful expectations. Mm-hmm. What's the cool thing that's going to happen for me today? Who am I going to meet? Who am I going to be standing in an elevator next to? And, or what am I going to hear today? What song is going to spark a thought in my head that's going to take me to another place? What, what, what's the, and I like that. I love it, in fact. It's a great way to live, and it's one of the, again, another foundational stone of the building block of, you know, how you get from here to there, how you stay positive, how you stay joyful, happy. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. I uh, couldn't agree more, Michael, and I think that I would like to invite the audience to wonder this week Wonder yeah. about the people that you're connected to, even the ones that may not have been the most positive experiences. Wonder what it was that the reason that they came into your life and the gifts that you received. And I think we receive so many gifts. Well, you and I both receive gifts from Scott, and, and I receive so many from you and from our audience members. Uh, we're just grateful for Jesse here at PRNFM and uh, be able to produce, you know, connect to love um, because it is a gift too. And we, we don't know and we, we wonder what's going to unfold <laughs> next week. But uh, yeah. Michael, it, it's just a, a beautiful and blessed journey with you. And, and I'm so grateful that we had an opportunity to, to speak and honor Scott and really, really encourage people to love their life and really love, 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 love on it and love on it some more. And, and uh, yeah, I'll let you close out the show. So, All I, can, uh, I only have one thing to say. Rest in peace, Scott. You're an awesome, you were an awesome person. And enjoy, enjoy your non-physical vibrational body and look positively back on everything that happened here uh, in the 70-plus years that you were on this, uh, in this plane. That's beautiful. Thank you. All right. Until Thank the, you. Yeah.